0: What is up, people? Episode number 19, BJJ's Hypers podcast series, along with my co-host, Fernando. Our guest for today, as I might say, the king of Ireland, (laughs) European (laughs) jiu-jitsu sensation, Derek Connell, from Rio de Janeiro at the moment. We're so happy to have you, Derek. Thanks for your time, and if you want to introduce yourself for people who might not know you,
1: um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I am a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, uh, second degree nowadays from Dublin, Ireland. I have my gym there for about 10, 11 years now called East Coast Jiu-Jitsu Academy. (ECJJA) is the shorter way to say it. Uh, we have a bunch of competitive athletes. I compete a bunch myself, and that's about it, really, I think. Homer. um we're glad we're glad you're here. Yeah, no, it's nice to be here. It's nice to it's nice to speak English with some people for a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, sp-
1: I Sorry, move? I was going to ask do you speak any any Portuguese? Uh, very badly. I can understand a lot, like I can understand way way more than I can speak. I've actually been doing I've been here since January. So I've been here for okay. f- four nearly 5 months now. And I started to do lessons, so like I actually am like actively trying to learn, but I still find it really hard to like, to, to have a good conversation. I can have really, really boring, basic conversation, but I can understand loads. Like when I'm in class, I can understand the techniques, I can understand everything. I always know what someone is saying to me, but to try to make sentences myself, I uh, I'm, I'm still white belt, two stripes, maybe. <laughs>
2: yeah well you're halfway there though
1: halfway there yeah getting yeah. a bit quit at blue so i'll quit pretty soon so it's okay
0: <laughs> um so okay. from what i've seen on instagram you now train on fire, Fight Fight on rio de janeiro
1: mm-hmm.
0: so how's the training there that gym produced a bunch of killers, yep. the gomez brothers jackson souza Marco kanya yep. how's the training there
1: yeah, it's great. Um, like, uh, Jonathan is training there right now. His brother, Johnson, uh, is in America at the moment. Um, but Jonathan is there. Uh, Gabriella Fester, who's a world champion, also a girl. She is taking most of the classes. There's another really good kid called Dudu. Eduardo Granzato is his name. Uh, he was juvenile world champion. He's purple belt right now. Guy's super, super sick. There's a bunch of good people to train with, man. It's great for me. Um, I really enjoy it to be honest I've been to a bunch of other places also around Rio like I've had a friend who was teaching classes in 10 days I've been to Cross and Gracie some other different places I've also been in Rio a, a lot of other times to this time so um, I've been to a lot of the spots but I like fight zone it's 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 nice the people are really friendly the training is really good especially Jonathan and Dudu right now the guys are on fire so uh, it's, a, it's really good training for me nice Um,
0: I'd like to ask, do you feel that whenever you go to a gym in Brazil, you know, being a gringo, do they, you know, do they come after you being a black belt or Brazilian?
1: Um, I think more, how would I say? I think that Brazilian people in general, as a people are very proud people, like about everything that they do, football, like whatever it is, they think that they're the best at what they do you know so jujitsu they they automatically just think hey i'm brazilian i do jujitsu so i'm gonna be better than you are you know so i feel more that type of a attitude more so than they think that they're gonna kill that they try to kill me i think they just think i'm not going to be good if that makes sense Mm. like they just automatically assume oh some gringo you know he's probably not going to be that good and then when you actually are quite good i feel like it surprises them a lot of the time um but i wouldn't say i think just the way they they just train hard i guess so i don't think it's anything personal towards that sense but i definitely feel like they just assume a lot of the time that like "Ah, if you're not from here how could you be good you know like Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i can see well
1: no everybody's everybody's really friendly like they like training hard for sure and i think when i visit places for the first time like because man i'm The most gringo you can look you know red beard (laughs) the most pale skin I think they just presume like ah, this guy obviously Mm. comes from somewhere where there's not that much jiu-jitsu like how good could you be you know but I mean I've I've trained all over the world for a lot of years so like I'm I'm certainly not the best person in the world but I'm I'm far from the worst either so I think I surprise a lot of people a lot of the time too but everybody's all has been more than welcoming you know
0: yeah no if i was if i was a purple belt with an ego, i wouldn't like to face you in the gym Um, (laughs) or even a brown belt than a black belt so something else i'd like to talk about is we know your gym is has a group of killers one of the best gyms in the world
1: thanks man
0: um you're doing a pretty good job so i first became familiar with you and your gym when Flo did that Road to Worlds vlog, which I thought was really sick. The training was incredible. And from that moment, I said that I'm definitely visiting one day, didn't have the chance, but I'm visiting for sure in the future. And I really like the way you did the training, the way that you showed your students that they gotta be good training partners, make sure not to injure anyone and I like the way of how you did some first scores. Do you want to tell us a bit how you break down your training and how you do your classes at East Coast?
1: Um, yeah, we obviously, like everywhere, we have a lot of different types of classes, you know? We have just normal classes for your average people. We have beginner's classes. And then what you guys saw in that video, I'm sure it was the competition training. So like uh, the professionals or whatever, you know, it's not, it's hard to actually be a professional at, at Jitsu, but, you know, the people who train a ton and do all the major competitions. So for those guys, um, most of the training is a culmination of my experience being in many different places. So I've been lucky enough to train, man, I've probably trained like everywhere that's considered good to train in the world. Like I've been to Lloyd Irvin's, I've been to unity, I've been to Atos, I've been to, Half Gracie's. I've been to uh, Absolute MMA in Australia. I've been to places here in Brazil. You know, I've I've really been to like Marcelo Garcia's, John Banners for a significant amount of time in each place, two or three weeks minimum, sometimes longer. So our competition training, I think a lot of the time is a culmination of all of the different things that I liked from everywhere that I've been, you know, like, Wherever I've been, I try to take what I like and bring it back and avoid whatever I didn't like, I suppose, is what you'd say. And then I also feel like I don't ever necessarily stick to one particular method all of the time. You know, I'm always open to changing what we're doing. Uh, I always like um, trying new training methods, new ways of doing things. And, you know, not just, I I think a lot of people get stuck in a cycle of, oh, well, I won the Worlds. I'm a world champion. This is what I did to win the Worlds. So I'm going to make everyone do exactly what I did because my proof is that I did it. You know. So it's like, hey, I'm a world champion. How can you disagree with how I won? When I won, I did hip escapes and I did forward rolls and I did this. So how are you, how are you going to disagree with me? Do you understand? So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of people's logic. Whereas I try to keep a more sports uh, sports orientated mindset, you know, sports psychology, sports science, what actually works, you know, what uh, look at how other sports do things, how other sports go about, you know, sports that have been around a lot longer than jujitsu. And you need to constantly change your mythologies, be open to new ways to keep things interesting, especially for the people who train the most, you know, the people who train the most, it can get so boring and repetitive to always do the exact same thing all the time. So, you know, sometimes we, we do very competition oriented things, the first to score drills. Uh, we played things like first to pull. You know, the double pull is a huge situation nowadays. Uh, so being able to pull and be the one who comes up or being able to pull before someone else pulls. We play very specific games like these types of things. Uh, you're losing by two. got to score more than two points to win. You're losing by an advantage. you got to score more. You know, we play a lot of very specific short drills and games that, Are very specific to the competition, but then also sometimes the training is just, hey, we're going to do 10 rounds and just pick whoever you want. If you want to roll, roll. If you want to rest, rest. Uh, You know, it could be an hour of, okay, we're going to drill and you guys are going to drill whatever you want to drill. It could be, hey, we're all going to drill exactly the same thing and then we're going to do specific training from that situation. You know, it really, it's never necessarily the same thing over and over. If you came at any one time you could experience a totally different training to if you came six months later. Does does that make sense to you guys?
2: Yeah. So is that something that you, that you plan ahead before class or do you kind of just walk in and be like, okay, we're doing this now? Or do you have a written like curriculum that you follow?
1: Usually it's never I I wouldn't say it's written. A lot of it is just in my head because I'm, I'm always, I mean, I'm not there right now, but when things are normal, I'm always there. So usually it's based off the competition season and where we are in relation to the season. So, you know, January until June, the training is going to look different because we're in the middle of the season. You know, there's going to be tournaments very, very regularly. We probably just did the Europeans in January. There's going to be Pan Ams, Brasileiros, Worlds, smaller tournaments in between. So usually that type of training in those times is going to look different because it'll be okay guys, what happened at the last competition that we all went to? You know what do you need to work on based on what happened in your last event to improve for the next event so it can be a lot more specialized or it can be a lot more uh particular to people whereas after the season is over so the summertime especially we have a big opportunity to okay let's try to all improve on a particular area for the start of the next year does that make sense Mm -hmm. so it's 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 all very relative it's it's very relative to what's happening at that time you know and I do plan ahead for sure, but my plan is always based off of what has happened before, you know? So uh, for quite a while there, we were working, I want to say maybe a year ago, we were very heavy on getting into the heel hook game, uh, learning, the, learning all the heel hook positions, a lot of nogi training, a lot of heel hooks. And if you'd have come at a certain time, that's like all we were doing, you know, it was like trying to improve on this. But now everybody is aware of those positions So I don't need to spend as much time specifically working on this. It's kind of uh, been brought into our team's uh, base of techniques. So now we can focus on something else, you know, it's like, okay, we know this now we can move on to this. So that was based off of a bunch of us lost by heel hooks, you know? So, okay, we need to, we need to work on this. So we all work on it. Okay. Now everybody has a good level. I can see these techniques happening in the training now. Uh, Let's all, leave that for a bit, work on something else. And it's kind of based off of that, you know, it's not, I don't have a thing. Okay. In January, it's going to be this February. It's going to be this March because Mm -hmm. we go to the Europeans in January. Maybe everybody makes the same type of mistake at the tournament. And that's what needs to be addressed. Does that make, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, So it's very dynamic. It's not a set kind of thing. And it it, it makes, it makes you have more work too, uh, which like most, most professors or more more instructors, they just wanna come up with a curriculum every year and just like run cycle through that and go. Yeah. But if you're doing that, you always have to be adjusting. You always have to yeah, be I like think, studying.
1: I, I think that's I think that's suitable for beginners, you know, because for mm-hmm. beginners there's there just is basic things you need to know. You know, it's much easier to be like, Okay, you need to know arm bar, you need to know triangle, you need to you know, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of basic things, but man, when it comes to the, the top level of the sport, the sport evolves so 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 fast. You know, it's insane how fast, man. And literally, what are we? Two thousand twenty-one. In two thousand seventeen, until Gordon 180s heel hooks were still fake, basically. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. it was like ah, ah, heel hooks don't work. You know, like oh, you're wasting your time. And now it's it's the most common technique, right? In before two thousand fifteen, lapel guard and worm guard didn't even exist. You know, this just in the last five years, the sport is like. The trajectory mm-hmm. has been insane. So, if I was still trying to apply how someone won the Worlds in 2003, man, you'd be, you wouldn't have a chance. You know, you're not working <laughs> yeah. double pull, you're not working advantages, you're not working lapel situations, you're not working uh, heel hook situations, reaping situations. Literally, you weren't allowed to do a reap last year. Now you're allowed to do mm-hmm. a reap. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't see how you think you could be successful without evolving your mm-hmm. training method, right? It's like, people don't train soccer the way they trained soccer 20 years ago you know that it's constantly things are getting added in and evolving so i think jiu-jitsu has to be the same way i think because it's a martial art mm-hmm. tradition it gets rooted in tradition it's like no this is the tradition this is what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. but man it's a sport you know it's it's literally a, it's become a sport it's not to do with oh well in football 100 years ago they used to do this it's like no one cares if you need to win the match you know that's that's all that matters it's not about what the tradition is it's it's just how do you get better doing the sport right
2: yeah it's also such a new sport that like the the trajectory is so exponential to where it's just like it's 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 probably going to flatten out at some point and just keep steady growing but as of now it's just going like it's just shooting up the whole time
1: and i think too that the part of that is the uh, creativity and the, the rules. It's like at the moment, there's no boundaries on the rules. It's you can continue do so judo and wrestling, for example, man, these things have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And in the competitive sense, the rules have been the same for so, so long. So there's a very fixed amount of things you're allowed to do in jujitsu you can keep doing new things like every, they're, they're not so far. They, ha, it, they, they actually go the other way. They're allowing things they didn't use to allow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Things are constantly being added, constantly being added. And, you know, I guess we'll see in 15, 20 years at what point that stops, you know, how much creativity is there room for And then it becomes like wrestling. It's like, okay, here's the set of moves that work. You need to know all of this. We know all this is what works. And let's just, find our best way through that. But yeah, it's, it's, I guess that's what makes it so exciting, man, is it's, it's insane how, you know, it's insane just how much it's evolving and how fast it's moving forward. It's like, just even in the small amount of time that we've all been training, it, it's, it's evolved so fast, right? Yeah. yeah sure.
2: There used to be a point where, uh, where, where closed guard was a thing, you know, yeah. it was like close guard, like you need to train this now. When, when do you ever see a closed guard?
1: yeah that's it and then and then what's crazy with that is then if you give it enough time closed guard almost becomes even more powerful again because then it's not happening anymore so because it's not happening mm-hmm. anymore now all of a sudden okay you have these kids who man they can reverse tell worm you into oblivion but they've never even been in closed guard so all of a sudden a basic uh, underhook sweep from closed guard is unbelievably powerful you know it's like it almost that's what basically what happened with heel hooks it was like at a certain point heel hooks were fine to do and then everyone started saying no no no, like don't do those anymore and then it just got even stronger because everyone ignored it you know so it's like close guard you never know the close guard the next evolution could be easily getting to close guard and then mm-hmm. people are like fuck, it's so strong and annoying his legs are around my body what the fuck?" You know, like, yeah yeah
2: that's
0: that's my actually because if you think about it, let's say someone like Kirk Jones or Gordon Ryan who can do whatever the fuck they want, they may come up with something that might be considered obsolete nowadays and do whatever they want and beat everyone. Maybe we're an ADCC with, I don't know, with the lockdown, yeah. which, is, which is underused. And then the lockdown is going to be the, more, the most famous technique to learn.
1: Yeah, exactly. It just goes in cycles of it goes in cycles of what becomes hot and what doesn't, you know, lapel guard right now is so popular. So it's like everybody gets used to it. And then the effectiveness like drops. And then all of a sudden, like you said, oh, everyone's forgotten about lockdown. So then suddenly lockdown is so effective again. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's, uh, it's really it's really that's interesting. That's
0: so funny. What was what I really liked was I don't know if you guys watched Polaris scores number two.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course.
0: UK versus Europe. Yeah, from Team Europe, Dino Bukhalet.
1: Yeah.
0: He got that Ezekiel from top close guard. Yeah,
1: it's hilarious, man. Bro, hilarious. that
0: submission is a match the stereotypes.
1: Yeah, that's it. it. That's it. And that's like, that's how many people have told people, their students, no, don't do that. It doesn't work. You know, it's, anything can work literally anything can work if you ignore it or you let someone do it for sure it can work and that was the perfect example right it's like no never do a closed guard submission you know it doesn't work if you reach like this you'll get armbarred you know and then man you just literally put someone unconscious doing that it's you everything can work if you if you let it happen right yeah
2: and that, that was, that's what's funny about it when you when you are so set to things and you think that like, nobody, like, from the, from day one, you learn from the close guard, if you're in somebody's close guard, you never attack. You never attack anything. So, like, when you do attack, people are like, he's not going to finish me because I know that from that position, you don't attack. So even if he's trying to choke me, I can, you know, I'm, I'm controlling the hips, so there's no way he can choke me. And then the next thing you know, you pass out, and you're like, yep. what happened? Yeah, because you ignored it because of that same reason they were yep. telling you that, that doesn't work.
1: Yep, same thing. It's all it's all the same stuff, right? Heel hooks, no. Yeah. Don't do heel hooks. If you just do heel hooks, you, you cheating, you know, you won't learn to pass the guard. And then all of a sudden, someone goes to ADCC, just heel hooks everyone and doesn't pass their guard. You know, it's like, oh, dang, it actually is a good thing to do. Well, I guess we do that now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. Another subject I'd like to ask, uh, to ask Lara, is the upcoming, the upcoming- Polaris squads number three, in which you're the team leader of UK and Ireland against the USA. Yeah. So I've watched both Polaris squads events. They're great. I really like it. And the USA had some very interesting additions to the team. And I'm particularly talking about William Tackett. Uh huh. And. Is there anyone in particular from team USA that you're most looking forward to go up against?
1: And I'd love to fight JT. It would be amazing. Like I've been a fan of him for so long. Like uh, I've been the same weight division as him my whole career. I, I never managed to match up with him in any tournaments. Uh, I've trained with him before way back in the day with Man, I look up to that guy so much. Like, he's an incredible athlete, c- incredible example. I think, too, his attitude is amazing. Uh, I, it would just be a big honor for me to get to go against him, you know? That would be my, if I could pick somebody, it would be him just <clears throat> to get to say you fought a, I fought a two-time ADCC champion, you know, is, is, for me, is really, really cool. So, uh, him for sure. But, hey, the, all of the guys are awesome. Like, like, uh, I trained with, there's a kid that got announced called Nick Ronan. Do you know who that is?
0: Yeah, yeah, he won the Polaris contenders in Bristol.
1: Yeah, so when I was in training in uh, New York, he was training at Danaher's and I actually didn't know who he was at the time, but I did a bunch of rounds with him and he was really good, man. Like, I, for someone who I had no clue who he was, I was like, dang, like, you're sick, you know, like, he was really, really good. Um, so he would be a, a really tough match for anyone. And I don't think too many people know that much about him, but he's very good also. Uh, I fought with Richie Martinez before a long time ago. Also, uh, Edwin, I never fought, but, uh, I mean, obviously, the guy's incredibly good. Also, who else did they announce so far? Williams- I yeah, I actually because I actually know the whole team, but uh, I'm not supposed to say there's certain yeah, ones. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. like, they have to wait to announce or whatever. They're, like, strict about that stuff. Um, I'm trying to think who else did they say. PJ, PJ Bart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy looks sick, too. That guy looks really good, too. Uh, he had a really good match with, was it Tackett? Is that who he had the match with? He had a match on who's number one recently with someone. Andrew Wiltsy. Ah, same team or no?
0: Yeah, no, know Andrew Wiltsy is from, from the Daisy Fresh. Pedigo Submission Fighting.
1: Okay, yeah. Man, I was very impressed with his performance on that. So, yeah, look, man, they're, they're all they're all awesome. But for me, JT would be the one just because, man, what a legend. He's you a know? legend. Yeah.
0: He's by far the most accomplished in the team. And he's the leader. Yeah.
1: Man, his, ADC, his two ADCC runs like are some of the sickest ADCC runs you can do. Like the level of opposition that he fought. The 2017 one was Gary Tonin, Lachlan no Lachlan Giles, Celso, Celso. Vincius. Yes, Celsa Vincius, Lucas Lapre and Wagner. Or was Gary Tonin in there too? I think. Gar- Gary no,
0: I think it was uh, Wagner and no no it was Gary Tonin.
1: Actually, I'm not sure.
0: The final was Lepre for sure.
1: One, the first one was Lachlan. He he definitely fought Lachlan. He definitely Celso. fought Lepre. And then Lepre was the finals.
0: Lepre was the finals. So I'm not sure whether it was Wagner or Gary. I think it was Gary Tunnan.
1: Okay, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was Gary. It was Gary for sure. I can see the yeah, yeah, picture yeah, yeah. in my head now. Uh, and that run of four people to beat in a row. And then the second time, like I can't remember the run either it was Wagner was definitely the finals for the second one. What? Uh,
0: it was Ross Nichols, the first one. Yeah, it's crazy. Then, if I'm not mistaken, he fought... Wait, who did
1: he fight? Uh, DJ Jackson. DJ Jackson. DJ Jackson. He took DJ down.
0: Who could take DJ down? DJ is a fucking guy. I
1: guess. Man, they trained for together for so long. So, like, I guess he was like, I know I can... I know I can take it down, so he did. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, like I always, when I was coming up in jiu-jitsu, man, Marcelo was my favorite jiu-jitsu athlete. Like when I was coming up, and that was what I always liked about him too was, man, his ADCC runs were always just so sick. You know, like so many good guys in a row, like beating. And then JT, well, Kron came in between, and he man, Kron's run was also incredible. Also, uh, he beat JT Gary a lot of the same guys, but. Yeah, man, JT to win those four fights in a row at the biggest tournament—like, that's yeah. incredible. You know? Yeah,
2: we also uh, interviewed JT uh, a couple months ago, and he's supposed to—he's uh, supposed to be coming to Cyprus in August for a awesome. jiu-jitsu camp, for awesome. four or five day jiu-jitsu camp. We'll see what happens with the with the restrictions and everything, but but he uh, as of now he's coming.
1: Sick. Yeah. And man, he's such a nice guy, like. Yes. Such a like such a genuinely nice guy, you know, like just completely genuine, really encouraging to everybody, good energy about him, like he's just he's just what you would want, like uh, your jiu-jitsu hero to be, you know, like <laughs> yeah.
0: And I remember he was doing an interview for FloGrappling and he was saying how in the finals of this ADCC 2019 with Wagner, Wagner was talking shit to him. He was like, come on, man, are you just, you're so weak. You're so strong and also, you're so weak. You're so slow, too slow, too slow. And if that was anybody else, he would have gone mental or emotional. But JT was just so calm. He even took him down and he beat him decisively.
1: Yeah. That's Wagner style though, isn't it? It's like, yeah, he just does that. He, I feel like that's not even like a personal thing. He just does that. He, Cause he did this with Gordon too, right? When they were fighting on the, he was like mounted on him. and He's like, Hey man, what? Like you can't even submit me, you know? Like, Oh, it's boring. <laughs> what you're not going to try to submit me or whatever. It was like, he like turns. it's like a disarming tactic. Yeah. It's like, he turns it into like, you know just mm-hmm. some fun or whatever. And yeah, I think that's just the way he goes about it. But. I remember, too, there's a guy actually in Europe, a uh, really famous coach out here. His name is Eduardo Rios Teta yeah. from, from Frontline. And the first few times that I fought him when I was a New Black Belt, he fights like this also, too. He talks when he's fighting and completely threw me off, you know? Like, like when I was fighting, I was like, okay, this guy is, you know, really accomplished. I need to, you know... Put a good match here and then two seconds into the fight he's like he's like oh man I know you're gonna try guillotine me yeah he's like he's like don't try it's not gonna work you know like just talking <laughs> shit and I was like man I never I never experienced this before and it can work it can totally work if you if you're not used to it and it took me like two or three tries of fighting him to be able to ignore it and just fight normally and you know be able to get a good result because like the first time or two I was like what the why is he talking to me you know like should i go back do i you know should i tell him to shut up you know what do i, I it's just really distracting you know? but it can totally work if uh it can totally work if you're not used to it yeah, yeah
0: and people always say that he's the kindest person you can find in jiu-jitsu
1: so Get i would it, never Wagner? expect
0: that you know uh, teta
1: yeah t- oh man yeah the guy's legend yeah super super nice like super friendly i never heard anyone say a bad word about the guy you know but uh super funny when if you compete against him he he likes to talk shit but there you go
0: nice i didn't expect that i didn't see it coming
1: yeah and when i say talk shit i don't mean like insulting you or anything you know just like just like funny stuff you know like just disarming you know like you try to do something to him and he's like ah it's not gonna work mate you know like just like being funny you know where you're just like fuck i'm trying to be serious here you know like (laughs) like. yeah yeah, Some people
2: would even do that. They, they wouldn't even talk shit. They would just talk about random stuff. I'm yeah. like, bro, I'm trying to train. Like, I don't want to have a conversation right now with you. You know, yeah. I like you, but I don't want to talk to you right now about random stuff while we're trying to roll. It kind of throws you off because you're like, you're trying to get in the zone and they're like asking you all these questions. Yeah. Like, dude, no, I, don't want to, I don't want to talk right now.
1: Nah, no, I'm the same. I, I'm exactly the same. I, I'll talk all day about jujitsu, but when we're doing jujitsu, I just want to do jujitsu. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't
0: want Same. to um Something else I'd like to ask you, Dara, is we you know you've got a group of killers. Do you want to tell us about some of your students that we should maybe keep an eye on? We, we're, uh, we're, probably everyone knows Fionn by now.
1: That's for sure, yeah.
0: So any other students that you have in mind? Yeah, but,
1: like, we got, We got, well not we, the whole world got screwed over with all the shit that happened, but man, our timing and everything was like, just that Europeans that we just had, 2020, I think was the last one. Man, we had some awesome performances, you know, we got a bunch of medals, like in the adult divisions. We had Fionn got double gold. Uh, we had another girl who took second and third in the absolute and purple. We had two other guys uh, take medals in the blue adult as well in middle and heavy and it we just had really really good performances and i was so certain that uh i believe a lot in the knock-on effect of people seeing their peers succeed so when you see someone you train with achieve something you know you can do it too because you train with them you can beat them when you train with them and once they break through you it creates a you understand what I mean? It it it, it makes everybody, exactly. Yeah. So it's, we had such good results and I could just see, we went to the London grand slam, I think was the very last thing we got to do before everything broke up and same thing, a bunch of good performances, a bunch of wins, medals. And I was like, damn, like by the time worlds comes around, like it's going to happen, you know, like, and I think the best too is if you have good blue belts because the blue belts fight first, if the blue belts do good it makes the knock-on effect stronger you know because it's like mm-hmm. oh dang those two blue belts just won. next day is purples oh i just want to you know then the brands do good i think it just makes this like uh, uh what's the term you used like a
2: ripple effect
1: there we go ripple effect <laughs> um so yeah I, I felt like at this point we we were really building momentum and we kind of just got stopped in our tracks a bit but we have so many people man honestly like we have girls we have guys we have blue belts, purple belts, uh, brown belts, black belts, like a, a lot of really good guys. I have five, I want to say five, black belts now who are in the adult division. There's Fionn, obviously, uh, Marcus Phelan, uh, Sam McNally, who uh, both of them took good medals in the brown belt. I have another excellent, uh, uh, just new black belt. His name is Shane Fishman. He uh, has a really unique style. He actually has his like own like game, basically. is a position we call the fishnet and he like, has his own like crazy like position that no one knows too much about yet and he yeah. had some awesome results in brown he was european champion two times nogi he medaled at Pan Am's, he quarterfinaled at worlds No nogi just losing to ronaldo jr but barely losing like like super super close so shane fishman for sure is one to uh, watch out for as well a uh, bunch of like super good upcoming young guys too i have another brown belt too and um, who lives in England? Who runs his own gym? His name is Ellis Younger. Do you have you heard of him?
0: Yeah, Noogie so Worlds, right?
1: Man, Ellis beat Andy Mersaki in the final of Brown Nogi Worlds light, lightweight. That was and, crazy, man! I
0: did not expect that.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and the thing is, he got no love for this, you know? Like, uh, flow grappling and these things have such an agenda over who they like, and they they were there, they were standing right there with the cameras because everyone loves Andy Mersaki because obviously the guy's great, like. No problem with him. So they're there. The, the, if Andy Mersaki won, you better believe you're going to hear about it. You know. And then Alice wins, and man, nobody said nothing. It's like this is a way cooler story that mm. someone who lives in Newcastle, in the middle of nowhere, and teaches himself basically and trains with the, the most random group of people. Like the guy's only 21, 22 years old, almost self-taught, managed to win NoGi World's lightweight brown belt. This is one of the hardest divisions to win, you know. He That's went like to
0: sixty people, right?
1: He also won Europeans No Gi Purple at five matches, five submissions, all in under a minute. You know, oh. he he wow. he medaled. He meddled at No Gi Worlds third place the year before, so he's medaled twice. No Gi Worlds one at once, third the second time. He uh, was just fighting at World Pro there. He got. He was to Mikagawa, right? Yeah, he got to the finals, he lost with uh, Mika Galvao. But man, this, this kid too is, is awesome, you know. So he's doing great. He has an, another training partner who trains with him from Scotland. His name is Shay Montague, uh, rooster weight, purple belt. He was world champion, no in blue, has medaled at a bunch of the majors, also. Man, we got we got people, you know, we got a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people, and again, it just makes the knock on effect of once people started to see that we have competitors more show up, you know, you start accumulating people from other teams that don't have the environment that they want, you know, like in Ireland, especially, there's not a lot of places that have the environment and a lot of people. So, you know, we start to get now blue belts, purple belts moving from other countries to come and train because they see that we have the environment and we have the other people who are their age doing the thing that they want to do with their life. And, you know, you start to accumulate people who, you know, you never would have thought, would be on your team you know just people from all over the place but if, I always hate uh, trying to name people's names because then I feel like I left someone out you know and I'm like dang mm-hmm. I I forgot to give I forgot to give someone some love but man we have we have so many people there's there's a lot of people that I, I feel like we're very close that all of a sudden at Worlds or Pan Ams or Europeans we could have like eight or nine people win you know like eight or nine gold medals out of nowhere like dream art style aoj style like out of nowhere you just suddenly have and then people are like really paying attention oh damn eight or nine gold medals you know and then you become like one of those teams like aoj or dream art where people are nerve people are nervous to go against you because they know who you are you know like i see that a lot here at the, the tournaments with the dream art kids you know like everyone's like oh Oh, there's one of the dream Arc guys you know it's like it, it it has that like effect where even if the guy is not even necessarily that good mm-hmm. just because he has the dream it's like he has the dream art gear on it's like you oh, see oh, the patch yeah man yeah yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. You, you start to build that uh build that effect too so it's like okay your team is good but you almost get even better because then everyone becomes worried about going against you so you mm-hmm. like mentally screw people before you even actually uh fight against them you know yeah, I think in
0: the sure. USA, that's the kids without toes.
2: Mm. And AOJ, when you see AOJ, like, AOJ. It, yeah, it's funny. You think that, like, obviously, like, one of, they're, they're one of the best schools, but you think that going there, that, like, 100% of the students there are going to go hard and competitive, and it's like, no, they have the, the, they have the big group of competitors, and then they have the people, just like every other gym, that just go there and train and do have fun. And yep. just because they're training there, it doesn't mean that they're, everybody's going to murder you, you know?
1: Of course, man. And, it, you know, I see this on a smaller scale with my own gym. You know, when we compete in Ireland, obviously, everyone in Ireland knows our team. We, we do really good. And of course, man, I have 50, 60 people going to the tournament who are just normal students, you know? Like, they, they're, they're great people, but they don't train and compete the way that the professionals do. But someone from another team, it's like a brown and blue belt division. Someone from another team is fighting our guy. They see the patch, they beat them, and their whole team's like, ah, you know, like <laughs> because they assume that everybody is training on mm-hmm. the same level as you know the pros. And I'm like, man, this guy is literally trains two times a week. He has kids. He's just having some fun. You know, it's like yeah, you almost exactly. feel like yeah. And then like you feel sometimes like you don't want people to have that pressure on themselves. You know, to live up to. Because I don't care, man. You know, like just go and compete and have fun and improve for yourself because it's, it's something challenging to do. You know, I'm not, I don't expect anybody to win. There's no pressure on anybody to do as good as anybody else. Like everyone has their own journey. And I, I think competition I just as a, a means of improving your jiu-jitsu, is awesome. You know, I don't care if you train once a week, twice a week, full time. I think everyone should compete just because it's such a good tool to help you improve. It makes you focus more. It makes you pay attention to your mistakes more it gives you some adrenaline and, you know, it makes you uh, be worried about something that, which is a feeling a lot of people don't have in their life, you know, to be like, Oh fuck on this date, I'm going to have to do this thing. So I think it's a really beneficial experience, but you know, it's not something that I, I don't hold everyone to the same standards. You know, I'm not like, Hey, you're, you train on our team. If you don't win, you're off, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. but it's funny to see like what you just said, you know, people go to AOJ and they think, Oh fuck, everyone's going to be so sick, you know? And it's like, Okay, obviously, Jonathan Alves, Tynan Opera, these guys are sick. Cole is sick. But for sure, there's just normal people that train there, you know? Mm -hmm. Completely normal people.
2: Yeah. And a little bit about what you were saying before. um, We were talking to Maggie Left, and uh, she takes the pictures for IBJF and all that stuff. And she was, yeah. She was talking a lot about the, the media coverage that's happening right now. Like right now, it's so like one sided. Like, I mean, like Flow Grappling is doing such a great job, like promoting the sport and everything. But just just by them being where they are, like it's they're, they're it's the, the whole uh, the whole rest of the globe is kind of missing out because that's where all the media attention is. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the same as like Hollywood, you know, in Hollywood films, like there's other yeah. great films but because Hollywood is the hotspot, right? Well, it's always been the hotspot. Then like a lot of these good films are being missed out. And it's the same, like what you were saying, like some of your students are doing great, but they're not getting the coverage because like that's not where the attention is right now.
1: Yeah. And look, I I have two opinions about that. Okay. The first one is people have to remember, man, flow grappling is literally six guys. Like it's just six guys who like jujitsu and they just, they have their thing you know and man they're they're great people really friendly everyone's i have no problem with any of that but it, it's just six people you know you you, you people look at flow grappling as if it's like sky sports or you know sky yeah. news or something it's like man it's an extremely small operation by six guys who just have their own particular opinions about what's going on and as mm-hmm. you said they're just in a particular part of america so it's like it's mm-hmm. just it, it is what it is you know it's like it's the same if you if you if you pay attention to flow wrestling, so flow wrestling is the same idea, but just for wrestling. If you watched only flow wrestling, man, you would think that America is the greatest wrestling nation in the whole world, bar none. And they're very good, but man, there's 10 trillion Russians who are just as good as anyone from America, but you don't hear nothing about them. You don't hear anyone, anything about people from Iraq, from Turkey, from Mongolia. You know, it's like, yeah. if, you just, if you just pay attention to the small bubble, that's this, like you're missing out on a lot. So it's not their fault, but people mm. have to remember, man, it's literally, it's, it's just five or six guys and that's it, yeah. you know, it's, just, it's, it's not as big of a thing as people think that it is. And then the other thing I, I think is very important for aspiring athletes to understand, man, you should not necessarily even be doing anything for the attention, you know, like I, I would love if my athletes got exposure because this helps them make money, you know, like the exposure mm-hmm. helps them get seminars, helps people know their name. But this should not be your motivation, you know, like the just to be known, man. You want to be known for something, you know. It 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 should not just be you should get attention or this should not even be your craving, man. You should the best feelings I've ever had in my life were from accomplishing something that was really difficult for me to do. I never did it. So people would talk about me, or so people would Mm -hmm. make an article about me. This was not my motivation. My motivation was for the the intrinsic motivation from within me to feel something that feels great you know or to achieve something that feels great so i also don't want my students to be motivated by uh uh, getting attention you know like i would prefer they won worlds 20 times and felt fulfilled with what they did with their lives and nobody knew who they were then everyone knows who they are and they never won anything you know Mm -hmm. No, very so, true. I, you know, no, it's, no, a du- it's, no. it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. You, you have to be known to make some money. But being known should not be uh, your main priority, you know? Like, it, you should focus the most on the feeling and the achievement, you know? Not that doing it because people are going to know who you are. Because, to be honest, I'm part of it, at least in my experience, it can be kind of annoying a lot of people knowing who you are, you know? Like, then you get a lot of responsibility on your shoulders, everywhere you go everyone wants to talk to you and everyone wants to expect you to be a certain way it's it's a difficult position to be in it's not it's not a it's not something for everybody you know i know this uh, fion struggles a lot with this it's like she's a very introverted person she's not the most she's she's beautiful amazing person but she finds it hard to deal with so many people knowing who she is and so many people wanting to talk to her take photos with her all the time she always obliges and she wants to please everybody, of course, but, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not always what you think that it is, you know? It's like, you go to the tournament, man, you can't walk 10 meters to go to the bathroom because mm-hmm. 20 people want to take a picture with you, you know? You can't just go and corner your friend or go get a coffee because every 10 seconds, hey, can we take a picture? Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Hey, do you want to d- do this? And it's like, you want to be nice to everybody, but this gets t- This gets tiring and very, very difficult. So, you know, there's there's two sides to everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I was watching the new episode of the Daisy Fresh series on Frog and uh, The Daisy Fresh series I Oh yeah, yeah, the, the guys in the laundry
1: head. Head.
0: Yeah, and there was one guy from Australia Spatch, and he was telling exactly the same thing there was a point that no one knew who they were now they just go to local comms and everyone knows them and everyone expects them to do well that puts extra pressure on the shoulders.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And it comes, there's a lot of things that come with it that people don't necessarily think about, you know? And that's why I think your motivation has to be uh, separated from this, you know? You, 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 You need to be in it for what, you know, it needs to be something intrinsic. It needs to be an intrinsic motivation. It can't be because people want to know you. It can't be because... This because this is not satisfying, you know, it's not fulfilling. Mm-hmm, yeah. What's fulfilling is doing something that's difficult to do and achieving it. You know, that's that's fulfilling. And that's what'll bring, at least in my opinion or my experience, that's what's brought me happiness, you know. It it's nice that some people know who I am, but I don't lie in bed at night and I'm like, Yeah, thank God fucking some people know who I am, you know. <laughs> I, I lie in bed at night and I'm like, fuck i'm very proud of some things that were difficult to do and i managed to do them you know that's that's what gives me satisfaction so i think people need to stay focused on that and remember who cares what flow grappling thinks it's literally just six random guys you know
2: like, <laughs> those yeah. all those six guys train at my gym uh they're all great people
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're,
2: they're all paragon, from the
1: paragon? Is, that, is that right
2: what's that paragon you, yeah. yeah yeah we all yeah. train there um uh, but all of them, they all work really hard. They're all like super cool guys, super technical in jiu-jitsu too. Um, and yeah, they put, they, they literally, it's six of them. They put all the work, like yep. they do everything.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's, it's really a small operation, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that big of a, a thing, you know, and because it looks like the, it is the main media outlet, it can seem like it's such a big thing, but it's like, man, like everything if you know like now i they've been to my gym i i know the guys and because i know them it makes it more likely that they then do stuff with me or they talk to me just Mm because they know me you know so it's like it doesn't make me any better or worse than anyone else it's just okay i know some of the six guys who are a part of Mm -hmm. that thing you know oh polaris if you're sponsored by tatami or scramble you're probably going to get preference because the show is run by Polaris or Scramble. You know, it's that, sorry, it's, it's like everything has some sort of other smaller reason behind it. So it's like, you can't put too mm-hmm. much, like you can't put too much weight on, on that type of thing, you know? Yeah.
0: and it's, yeah, all about it's, it's At the end of the day. Sorry, what you you going to say? And it's all about networking at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's not like it's there, it, they're the biggest, but they're also the only one. So like, now it's the only one that's like all you're getting from it's just one place yeah exactly yeah there's Uh,
1: not even another source
2: so i was gonna ask you the you i saw a documentary that you made the way of jujitsu like uh, six years ago
1: so yeah uh, longer than that i think
2: yeah and um i was um I, i don't know how to say it how to word this but when um Well, you know, when people ask me about, I do jujitsu and I tell them they're always like people that never done martial arts are always like, Oh yeah, I should probably learn how to defend myself. And I'm like, I'm thinking in the back of my head, yes, you should definitely learn how to defend yourself. But like, that's like the least, like the smallest reason why we do it. Like there's so much more like as a way of therapy that we do it, that you, it's hard to tell people the how you feel when you're doing it and after you train and like when you have problems and you go and get your ass kicked for 30 minutes and then you drive back home and you realize that your problems weren't as big as you thought they were um so i wanted to see your thoughts on on like on the impact on your on your like soul and your well-being in jiu-jitsu
1: yeah for sure man it's like um as you said i think a lot of people start for two reasons it's usually Self defense or UFC. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be a UFC fighter or MMA fighter, or I want to learn to defend myself. And I think what people end up finding is so, so much more than that. And to me, it's like, there's nothing that puts me into that headspace better than, you know, 45 minutes, an hour of rolling. Like, I've worked out and played sports my whole life. I still lift weights and I do things like this, but Man, it's like, it's boring, you know, it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. Jiu Jitsu is the most fun game. It distracts you completely. You, it, it forces you to be in the moment. You have no, no, one of the things that has become so big in society nowadays is uh headspace or, you know, uh, being in the moment, be, being in the present moment. Oh, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about the past. Just try to live in the present moment, yoga, stuff like this. And it's very difficult to do this through yoga to do this through weightlifting because it doesn't engage you in the same way you know jiu-jitsu forces you your thrust into the present moment you know you have no choice but to be in the present moment it, it forces you into it and this is something that i think is one of the main things that benefits people you know it's like it forces you to do it you have no option you have to be in the present moment and like you said it's easy to forget what's going on in that, that your outside life and for most people, that's such a huge, huge benefit. The other thing for me too is, man, I cannot sweat or work out to the same way without doing jiu-jitsu. If I just go to the gym, yeah. man, I cannot make myself sweat. I can't make myself breathe heavy like that. It's just too boring, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm going to what? I'm going to put on loads of clothes and just run on a treadmill and <laughs> just, it's just it just doesn't even sound fun. It's like, I want to play a fun yeah. game where I'm just concentrating on the fun game and then 30 minutes later, I'm just sweating like crazy. I've burnt a bunch of calories. I'm really hungry in like a type of way that I don't feel hungry unless I've done Jiu Jitsu. You know, I, re- I feel like I deserve to eat and like I really want to <laughs> eat something, you know, like it just, I don't know, it's, it's I, I always called it in Ireland, it's like the healthy social pub, you know, like it's like the, the healthy wow. version of going to the pub, you know, it's like you go, you're around your friends, uh, you're doing something that makes you forget about what's going on outside. Uh, you're interacting with people, you're, you know, you're spending time with people of all types of different walks of life that you might not ever talk to otherwise, and uh, but you're doing something healthy. You know, you're doing something good. You're exercising. You're socializing. You're learning a skill. You're expanding your mind, your brain. You know, you're you're actually learning something, and man, it's just the, the benefits far outweigh just learning to defend yourself or like man, I don't like personally. I never get. I never. Cared at all about defend myself, you know. this just the type of personality I have. That was never a, a thing for me. For me, it was more the other end of like, oh, I, I want to be good at fighting, you know. I want to, I want to do MMA fights, you know, this type of thing. But what I got, what I ended up getting out of it was so, so much more, you know. And it's infinite puzzle, literally infinite game. It doesn't end, you know. Like if you like PlayStation, I played some PlayStation games that are long as fuck, you know. Fucking Red Dead Redemption. You ever played that? Super long. It's a long ass time, but it ends. You know, it it eventually it ends. Jujitsu, man, we've been doing. I've been doing for sixteen years, and it's the the game. Just the map just keeps getting bigger. It literally just keeps. It doesn't stop getting bigger. It's it's absolutely Mm -hmm. insane. It's gonna keep you busy forever. And then even when you think you know as much as you know, my my favorite position. I like to play X guard a lot, but. I could start all over again and try to build spider guard to the same level as my x guard i could try to pass guard to the other direction to the way that i pass i could try to play you know this i i'm 100 dominant on my right arm for taking the back i could start trying to take the back with my left arm like even within the things you know you could set up projects to just keep you busy for the whole rest of your life like there's not very many things people can do that can take that long you know like i have yeah. students that have trained eight nine years there's not very many things people do in their life for eight or nine years aside from their career. You know, your career is really the only thing you do for for longer than that. And I don't know, man. I, I like you've set me off here. I could talk. I could talk like this for, <laughs> Go for, for it, so bro. long. But ah, uh, yeah. But it's just like, and if you're listening, fuck, you already know Judith is awesome. So like, oh, mm-hmm. hang on. I think. Oh no, sorry. It was just my computer. I thought something. The connection lost oh. there. Um, but yeah, man. It it really it can just bring so much so much to your life it's it's just such an incredible thing i would i feel like i mean we're obviously biased but i feel like it, the world would be so great if everyone just fucking had to do it you know like mm-hmm. if, everyone had, yeah. if everyone had to do it it would just be great if schools if you had to do it in school like man you it's impossible to have bullying in school if once a week everyone's allowed to actually fight each other you know mm-hmm. like so much bullying is based off the fact that I'm gonna intimidate you into thinking that I'm able to beat you up and you just assume that I am able to beat you up. But if we all actually got taught how to fight each other and we were allowed to fight each other, like this becomes nothing. It's like, oh, you're gonna make fun of me? Yeah, well, we're gonna actually fight each other on Friday after school anyway. And we're learning techniques and actually I'm smarter than you are, so I'm getting better faster. And then what are you gonna do? You know, it's like, there's no reason to, at least when I was in school, so much bullying was based off of that. It was just intimidation and people presuming oh this guy is big he can fuck me up you know like like very rarely was it actually to do with who actually could fight you know it was like just a lot of intimidation whereas this goes out the window if we're all if we all teach each other how to fucking beat each other usually then it kind of all goes out the window right Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and i believe it comes to a point where the satisfaction of progressing and being in a healthy environment overweight just having a good body and watching yourself in the mirror
1: exactly exactly man i never same for same for myself i played rugby before i did jiu-jitsu and when you play rugby like you just try to be as big as possible you don't care at all what you look like you just want to be massive just so you can just just what you need to be and then when i started to train jiu-jitsu and you burn calories in a different way and you sweat more and you get a bit more shredded you look better it's like that was not it was never an intention, you know. It's like I've had so many students too who lose so much weight, and they look so fucking good now. And like, but they never started because of they want that. You know, it's like everything is a byproduct of how much fun it is to do the game. You know, it's like it's just fun to do the game, and if you do the game enough, it just turns your body into something that's better for doing the game, right? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, the motivation, like we were talking about the flow grappling stuff. The motivation is is not necessary. The motivation changes to, it's just fun to play the game as opposed to, oh, I just want to do this so that I look a certain way. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's it's a different thing. Yeah.
2: It's a, it's self-improvement at the end of the day. And you'll see, you'll see it very often. People that do jujitsu and been doing it for a while, they're not just good at jujitsu. They have something else going on that they're excelling at, whether it would be like, relationships with family or with money or at the job or anything they're not it's not just like you're doing jujitsu and the the whole the whole other time you're just being you know a prick like you know (laughs) uh, you know most people that you you uh, meet at jujitsu they're like they're cool people too you know they do that and they're also like actually trying to improve themselves in other aspects not just not just the jujitsu itself
1: Yeah. One of the biggest things I learned personally was how to learn something like the application of, okay, so I got, I got to my black belt in jujitsu. I I am good in inverted commas. Okay. Now when I, now I'm learning Portuguese, man, the process is exactly the same, you know, like I realized simultaneously, I can see so many uh, parallels between myself and a white belt. You know, it's like, sometimes I get really excited and I start looking up all these crazy things where it's like, oh, I want to be able to say this and, you know, like look up way too advanced stuff for my uh, capability. Some days I go out and people talk to me and I'm literally like, damn it. I'm so, I suck. I can't understand anything, you know? And then some days it's someone talks to me and it's really simple. And I feel like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm sick of this, you know? And you get all the same highs and lows. I realize that the topic is so huge and it's going to take me so long to do it. But as long as I keep making those like incremental gains, just keep showing up, keep doing a little bit, the uh, law of marginal progress or whatever it is, like, I, I'm, I'm able to be patient in the learning process from what I've learned in jiu-jitsu, you know, it's like, it's helping me a lot yeah. to see the parallels between the two, and I can see when I'm being stupid and being irrational, and I can see when I'm actually making progress, you know, and like, it just, it helps you, t- I think, and I think Joe Rogan always says that it's some mushi thing too, it's like, when you, when you see the way in something, you can see it in everything. I think there's something along those lines. Mm. But it's basically like once you learn how to learn something, you can then apply it to learning anything, you know? So it's like, yeah. I feel like I've gotten that a lot from Jiu Jitsu for sure. Yeah. Same.
0: Makes total sense.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: yeah. There are, I think, uh, that was, uh do you want to go for No, no, go for it. You see. Yes, I was just going to say that was one of the best conversations we had on the page in a while now, since wow. the beginning of the podcast series. Wow. And we're very thankful for that. I think we're going to wrap it up. We'd like to thank the Grapple Club and Boa Fighter for sponsoring us. Discount code BJJ Cypress for 15 personas. Any sponsor you'd like to thank, Deraf?
1: Yeah, the, the Grapple Club are also good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I did some instructionals with them, so uh, check them out. Sure. Yeah, uh, Tatami Fightwear is my gear sponsor. Uh, the Armbar Soap Company, literally sickest company in jiu-jitsu, in my opinion. They, they have the best gear, man, super sick. So Armbar Soap, Tatami, uh, Grapple Club are sick too. I got some instructionals on BJJ Fanatics also, uh, if you want to check those out too. And yeah, just thanks to you guys for talking to me and for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you very so much, man. Thanks for being I'm here. a good one. Yeah, it was good Bye. to meet you,
2: bro.